Oh, we're good. All right. We're good. Yeah, oh. let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Welcome back to Live Ball Podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the French Open today. Yeah, I guess we didn't agree who was going to do intros and stuff. Yeah, but, we did uh, not. But yeah, lots of stuff to talk about at the French Open Yeah, today. it's probably going to be a longer podcast. Right, a little bit longer. We're not even going to do a video um, that you can listen to, which makes a lot of sense, right? Video that you can listen to. <laughs> yeah, well, for them, I guess that is true. <clears throat> right. And so. uh, you know what? I was thinking this crossed my mind just now, but... Um, it's kind of funny that we're doing a French Open podcast when there's a whole nother day left yeah, to go. I know. And, well, I mean, there's uh, already been some interesting stuff that's happened, yeah. though. But you know what? If you don't like it, start your own podcast. <laughs> I don't care. That's right. You know what? We we don't care if we have one yeah. less subscriber because right. then we'll have two. The forty three people that downloaded. <laughs> I I know your analytics. <laughs> we know where I you paid live. for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, um. Shout out to Allegan Tennis because that's what we do. The bat. That's what we do. That's what we do. We did see a couple of people from Allegan <laughs> downloaded the podcast. That's so, so funny. Shout out to Allegan Tennis. Um. But yeah, French Open. The French Open. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about the women's final? Right. Since I was the one that watched it. Yeah, I know. Today. I didn't get to watch it. Um, but yeah, Barbara Krejcikova, um, probably not saying that right, even yeah. though she's Czech and you know Slavic. I should probably know how to say that <laughs> name. But you know what? My passport's American, so I'm going to play that card today. Um, Barbara Krejcikova, great job. Congratulations to her. She won a three-set match against Anastasia Pavluchenkova. Um, you said that well. Yeah, well, she's my home girl. She gave me a fist bump at Cincy. Did she really? Yeah, I said I was just oh. said nice match in Russian there. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's right. I feel like I remember you telling me that. I mean, it was a while ago, so it's it's not that big of a deal. But, um, but yeah, we're dating. So <laughs> yeah, we're actually married. now. We're married. Yeah, she's my <laughs> Russian mail order bride. Um, I wish. Um, but <laughs> no, she she. Uh, I mean, shout out to her. I mean, she did, had a great tournament. Yeah. But um, but again, hilarious French Open. Um, I think this is the eighth straight year brand new champion at the French Open on the women's side. Definitely not the same case on the men's side, right? No. Um, yeah, I mean, who keeps winning that stuff? Um, <laughs> but yeah, Barbara Krejcikova, uh, very interesting because her story, I think, kind of lines up with the uh first first episode we did about mental health and naomi osaka and because we busted out three episodes during this week yeah so much has happened in the french open um but barbara barbara krejcikova um she definitely spoke out i think also about her mental struggles in this tournament and listening to what she's gone through to win this makes you really appreciate the strength and fortitude that it really does take to win a grand slam so anytime anyone wins even one grand slam now i'm just like oh geez especially when you're unseated like she was and you know it's your first grand slam i can't imagine how she was feeling with the with the ball on her racket you know to win the slam and stuff that's just got to be the most nervous thing in the world right so um i have her results here throughout the tournament so she's unseated but she was the she's thirty three in the world. Okay, right. So she was literally the highest ranked player that could not have been seated. seated she yeah. thirty three or thirty four in the right. world. Basically, she was unseated, but she could have been seated. Right. Um, first match, she beats Christina Pliskova, sister of uh, Carolina Pliskova. Um, beats beats the thirty two seed Alexandrova, straight sets six two six three, then upsets Fidelina, number five in the world, six three six two. Um, and then it gets interesting because she she talks about this this round of sixteen match against Sloane Stevens, who who's gone through I think a little bit of a rut herself. Yeah, she definitely has. Um, so that was kind of an interesting matchup. But with Sloane, the story goes that apparently Barbara um, woke up feeling horrible about herself, just ridden with anxiety, with just not good feelings at all, and she. Um, was crying in the physio room saying she didn't even want to play the match. Um, goes out against Sloan, beats her 2-0. and Yeah. <laughs> beats her 6-2-6-0. That is... <laughs> I wish I had that kind of anxiety. I know, right? <clears throat> but um, 
then she plays Coco Golf. Obviously, uh, she she said that she felt like an underdog in that one. Um, beats Coco Golf seven six seven six three, and then the semifinal match against um, Sakari right. was epic. Goes into overtime nine mm-hmm. seven in the third. Yeah, has a match point that she wins the match on. Umpire comes out because yeah. it's Clay, no Hawkeye. Right. Really cool rules in the French Open. <laughs> says, no, no, no. Uh, the mark says that was in, actually. Krejcikova <laughs> has to be like, oh, I guess I didn't win the match that oh. I obviously won. God, that'd be awful. And uh, she goes out and mentally tough again. I would collapse. I would, I don't know too. about you. No, but. I would I would not have been able to do it. Well, what, my big takeaway from her Cinderella story is again the consistency to maintain the focus throughout the slam because what we've seen traditionally is players have an upset against somebody important big and then of course there's a letdown that next match you know i think of melanie udan at the u.s open she had a run but then there's a letdown even in her career but it's remarkable when someone who like you said even though she is 33 in the world when she wins the slam, I mean, she took down major people to get there and kept the focus despite the anxiety she was dealing with, despite the line call stuff. So it really was kind of a tournament of perseverance for her. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I'll be curious to see how how much she stays at the forefront of women's tennis conversation. Yeah, I think I saw she's jumping up into the 15 spot in the world, so she'll, okay. be, a, she'll be a good good seed at right. the next, uh, probably at Wimbledon, honestly. Right. Um, but even if this Pavlichenko of a match in the final, not an easy match mentally. I mean, going in playing somebody that you're going into where you're you're even with, right. you're not you're not like a, an underdog by any means in right. this match, right? So um, that's interesting. And then to win the first set six one, lose the next set two six, and then which is so tennis, right? God, I mean. It's gonna sound bad, but it does. It happens more on the women's side. I yeah, think. Yeah, I think it does because too. I think the serve isn't as dominant. But um, I think that's right. So it, it does lend itself more to like who's controlling the match more. But then um, last set, I think, as far as I remember, they traded breaks, and then um, she ends up holding her serve th- throughout the match. 40-15 on her serve. Oh, she has match points on Pavluchenkova's serve. Loses the game, which already you're like, uh-oh, you know. Yeah. You just lost match points. And then uh, serves out the match. Was up 40-15. Tight double fault at 40-15. <laughs> Oof. God, that's the Rough. worst. And then hits through it and wins the wins the French Open. And uh, truly, truly an incredible story. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny as as tennis players, I think we relate so much to the players on the court even though they're professionals. I feel like you still go through the same stuff with the nerves and, and tightness in these big matches. You I get just, nervous watching. Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, one of the hardest things in tennis to do in my opinion is to hit out in pressure situations, pressure pressure moments. Right. And to hit out at 40-15 for a slam, that's got to be so hard to do. I mean, our natural human yeah. instinct Play it safe. Play it safe. Reel it in. But you can't do that. You can't do it. You have to hit out. You have to. Because especially the player that's down, um, they have nothing to lose at this point, so they're probably swinging through the ball. At least I would be. And you see so many times where someone tightens up towards the end of the match, and the next thing you know, you're back at it, and it's tied up because yeah. you reeled it in. You know right. What got you to those winning moments was swinging right. big. exactly. And you have to tell yeah. yourself that and remind yourself that, but it's so hard to do. On the court, so hard to do. My big take, my big takeaway from the French, apart from her winning, was you know, and I hate to be, you know, beating this horse that's probably already been beat dead by the media. Is what what does we this are mean the for media now, Seth. We are the media. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what what does this mean for Serena? Maybe it means nothing, but I will say, and I'm not one of those people that likes to, you know, imagine some of these older players, how long they're going to stick around and stuff. But it was the first time in a long time. Well, I shouldn't say that. It was the first time ever that I thought, hmm, 
maybe Serena really doesn't have another one in her. Or she really, I mean, because we forget kind of the stars had aligned for this tournament, right? Naomi Osaka fell out, left quickly. No Halep. No Halep in the tournament. Um, there was a lot of... No uh, Pliskova. She she pulled out with a ankle sprain, I think. A um, lot of upsets in the first couple of rounds, too. The draw was wide open. Wide open. And, you know, I would have bet everything I had that she would take it. Um, but again, I just don't know if, you know... If there's if there's another one in there somewhere, if there was to be, it would be Serena. Tougher. It's huh? getting tougher. It is getting tougher. That's just the truth of the matter. I mean, you have these young players that are um, getting better, that are younger. I don't, and it's so funny. I told you recently. I had gone back and watched some old Serena matches <clears throat> from like oh five oh six. Yeah, when she was really dominant, and she just doesn't dominate off the ground like she used to. I mean, she just doesn't. She used to blow women off the court with her ground strokes and her serve. And you just don't see that as much. And I don't know if that means women's tennis has gotten better or if that means Serena isn't what she was. Or maybe both. It's probably both. Oh, it's 100% both. And I think the women's game has turned so much to power as well because of Serena, honestly. She, oh, yeah. she's the. Per- I mean, Osaka's looked up to Serena. I'm right. sure there's you know, hundreds of other professional players out there who have idolized Serena because that's the way to win yeah. is power tennis and, and, and on the women's side, I truly think. Um, but yeah, I, this, this, I mean, granted, this isn't Serena's strongest grand Surface, slam. No, she could certainly, I mean, <clears throat> Wimbledon's her jam. Right. US opens. Uh, well, I don't know. Does the U S open her jam? <laughs> she seems to have had a lot of controversy. there. Well, right. It suits her. It suits her style of play, though. Right, hard court in general always ends up well for her. But you know, um, so I wouldn't necessarily rely on the French Open for to decide whether she's done or not. I mean, she's still Serena. She still has a chance. I I view her still as a dangerous candidate, but um, I think not as dominant as I, I i would always recall well and this is this is how much respect i have for serena's game i wouldn't even say that i don't i i never i never include her or i should say i never exclude her from the chance to win a grand slam whenever she's in the bracket right that's always a possibility but what has changed is if you would have asked me that question a couple years ago I would have said, if Serena's in the bracket, she's going to win the Grand Slam. Right. Now, I just don't know. There's a question mark there. Mm-hmm. It's in, in, in some ways, it makes women's tennis more interesting. Um, but it's just, I've had this kind of epiphany. It's not really an epiphany because I think everyone's having it too about whether, you know, she has more in her. And, you know, there's all this. Does it matter though? That's she's the still qu- the best player. She's she's the best women's player of all time. And that's the there's most... There's no there's no argument. That's the most important opinion. point you just said. It wouldn't matter if she won another Grand Slam or not. She's easily... She's indisputably the best women's tennis player to ever play. And frankly, I don't think you will ever see someone as dominant as Serena was when she was at her height. Oh, yeah. I mean, you also... I mean, who knows, right? I mean, but I just also don't see someone... Well, she's the one player who could only lose if she played bad. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And if you look back at it, like you said, the losses she had were Serena played bad. Wasn't that someone beat her? She always played bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, I think the Osaka, the Australian Open um, this past year, uh, that that to me was more alarming than this French Open stuff because that was the first time where Osaka just came out and just whooped her. And just beat her. And just beat her straight up. And Serena was not playing bad that match. Right. That was Osaka just being like, I'm I'm the woman now. You know, like I'm, I'm the... I'm and the, she, so. she just doesn't seem to, you know... God, I remember her holding serve with such ease. She just out-served women. Yeah. I mean, she was just way 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 better and like you said now you watch and it seems like she's fighting for every game which you said that's great i mean that's makes makes for better tennis but i definitely think and i think she would admit too 
um, that she's certainly not what she was, but how could you be? I mean, she's had a child. She's worked her butt off to get back into shape, to get back at the height of women's tennis. She's how old? She's got to be mid to late 30s, right? Probably late 30s. Uh, okay, man, we could look this up. I could be wrong, but I think she's like late 30s. And, you know, really, most tennis players are probably, you know, the best physical condition. 39. She's 39. Yeah. So, which is old for tennis. I mean. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. She's married to a billionaire. Who cares at this point? She's I think a cool right. kid. I think you're right about that. And it's about winning at this point. Well, that well, that's a good question too. Maybe to her, maybe it doesn't mean as much to her either, which I doubt it. No, I don't think so. Because she's I, such a competitor. She's still playing. If she, it didn't right. mean if, if winning didn't mean to her anything, she doesn't have to play anymore. No, everything's solidified in, the, yeah. in history. And I think in her mind, except for the most slams, hundred percent. That twenty four. She really court, wants that. 24. She wants it bad. That's why she's only basically playing the slams at this right. point. Right. But which also kind of messes with her, I think, a little bit too, because she's not getting as much match play and match experience. She played some 250 event, in, in, uh, which I can't remember the last time she's done that. Right. And she still lost in like the second round. I mean, it's clay court, though. Again, it's not her surface. Nope, it's never been her surface. It's not someone who isn't a great mover's surface either. So, you know, let's see what happens at Wimbledon. Let's see what happens at the U.S. Open. And her, you know, her, her strokes just can't penetrate through the court on clay. Exactly. Like with hard court. Nor, yeah. can, her, nor can her serve. Right. So, it's all right. Sl- it's all slowed down a little bit, you know. Let, let's see what happens there, and then we'll, you know, we'll say whether she's done 100% or not. But, um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, eyeball test, for sure, doesn't seem as dominant. Even she at doesn't. the French Open, she five five years ago, you were still like... Yeah, I'll take yeah. Serena all day. Oh, yeah. Know, so. Well, and, and like I said, I mean, I just want to emphasize the point that I still think if she's in a bracket that she's got to be considered a favorite to win the slam. It's sure. just because she's freaking yeah. Serena Williams. I right. mean, she is who she is for a reason. But, yeah, if uh, if I was a betting man, I, ne- I don't necessarily put all my chips in on her like yeah. I used to. You're not a betting man like me. <laughs> that's I'm right. a gambling You're, expert now. <laughs> that's right. You are a sports gambler. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, if anyone wants to throw some money my way, I'll place bets for them. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do that. Um, I'm pretty sure I can't do that legally. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so... Uh, oh, yeah. One thing I forgot to mention, what's interesting about Krejcikova, the French Open champion, is is she is a, she's a doubles champion. You right. know, she she's a two-time grand. She's number one in the world. And double, by the way, she's playing the doubles finals in the women's tomorrow, mm. too. So she's not done yet. That'd be so. Yeah, when's <laughs> that? That was the last question. last player who did that was, was Mary that. Mary Pierce. Was it Mary at Pierce at the French Open as well? Wow, two thousand five, I think. Or wow, something like that. But, um, uh, I mean, you don't see that on the men's side ever. Doubles and singles players. When was the last? Time? I mean, I no, imagine it'd be like a McEnroe era type thing. Probably. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Johnny Mack won a few doubles Grand Slams. Right. Um, but Krejcikova's a, a, a champion already. So yeah. it's just interesting that she somehow made it translate to singles. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not a doubles specialist anymore by any means. And I mean, to consider someone as 33 in the world, right? Um, a doubles specialist. A doubles specialist is kind of dumb also but um speaking of doubles also shout out to nicholas mahout and um uh herbe to two they french the men they won the men's um so that was kind of cool to that see cool. two french dudes um win the men's draw i'm sure it looked like it meant a lot to them they were both in in uh, tears after the match and i think the stadium was kind of like singing along to the french national anthem yeah, that's and whatnot cool. so um, or some French song. I don't really know what it was, but they all seem to know the words. You know how all I'm sure it was an Ariana Grande. Euro- <laughs> <laughs> you know how Europeans are. They have like random songs that like the entire country knows. Like here in America, it'd be like, row, row, row your boat gently yeah. down. I was just saying, other than the national anthem, I'm trying to think of something Americans in general yeah. all know. I, this is not tennis related, but I remember 
it, it was kind of cringy at the uh, World Cup, I think, or like the CONCAF soccer. Mm-hmm. You know how uh, teams will like sing some song or like the um, fans will sing some song or whatever. And then right. like, the Americans would play. You know what song the fans would sing? I don't even know if I want to know. <laughs> what did they sing? They were singing like, oh, when the saints oh <laughs> go marching. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. I was like, I... Would we learn that in first grade? I was like, I'd rather hear like some Toby Keith or something. Red like, Solo Cup? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds more American, I'm proud frankly. proud to be an American. <laughs> I like how my mind goes to Red Solo Cup and yeah. yours goes so proud to be that's an American. That's because that's like the only country song I know. <laughs> Oh, Proud to be in a- I was like, that's a song we should sing because that's what everyone thinks of, of America is like country and I don't yeah. know, pickup trucks and the West <laughs> and whatnot. It is so. true. That is what we. That's what I think other people think of America. Uh yeah, I know that's what. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, and we um that was off topic. But. We uh, <laughs> as of the recording of this podcast, we don't have a uh, male single champion yet. No, we don't. Um, Novak Djokovic versus Stefanos Tsitsipas. Right. Tomorrow. Um, that'll be interesting, but I don't know. I guess we could do a quick prediction um, and see how horribly wrong we are Yeah. the next week. We could. be fun. What's your, what's your score prediction? Uh, 3-0 Djokovic. Tsitsipas is going to get smoked. Really? I think it's going to be a tight first set. Less tight second set, and then like a 6-1 or something in the third set. I'll make it interesting and say it goes four, and I think... Do you think Djokovic? Djokovic takes the first... Well, I don't want him to take the first two. I want them to each split a set. Oh, you then, think it's going to go five? No. Oh, you okay. Gotcha. Yep, gotcha. I think I think yep. one one to Djokovic, one to Tsitsipas, and then I think Novak will win the next two. So I could see that. Because I bet you, if I had to guess, and I don't know this... But I bet you Novak's winning percentage, um, once he's up 2-0 sets for that third set, it's oh, probably dramatically it's, high. I don't know if he's ever lost. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's it's out there somewhere. somewhere but, but I bet you if he gets two in a Grand Slam final, it's he takes it in three. It wouldn't shock yeah. me. Although, no. I take that back, though. I mean, he's, he's like usually playing. Yeah, but he's, I, he, I shouldn't have said it in a Grand Slam. S- stranglehold. He's not letting go. Well, that's true. I mean, it's... It's just frankly weird to not see Rafael Nadal in the finals. It's the third time it's happened since Nadal started playing tennis that, that he so is wild. not in the finals. Also, but, you know what's an interesting statistic though is the two times that he did um, lose, that person did not win the French Open. So Robin Soderling in two thousand nine. Oh God, I forgot that name. I know, right? Wow. Um, lost to Federer in the finals. Right. When when Djokovic beat Rafa in 2015, Djokovic lost to Stan the Man Wawrinka in that one. Oh yeah, with that's his right. ugly shorts. The the the. Speaking of the way tennis players look, can we just talk for a minute about how <laughs> Rafael Nadal is losing all his hair? Oh poor guy! I don't Obviously. want to say anything about that because I'm losing my hair too. So. No 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 no! Not like him <laughs> though. He has a rough ball. He spot is very there. thin. Holy cow! I don't cow. think he cares one bit about that. Well, he shouldn't. I'm sure I mean, he's on his yacht in Mallorca yeah. right now with he's his like, gorgeous wife. I do not and, care about yeah. <laughs> my hair. I just think it, it will be funny in like ten years when he's just like clean shaved ball. I was gonna say, know? well, it is kind of making the headband a little bit useless at this point. Yeah, <laughs> he's you not just really wear a holding... hat at this point. Come on, he should what do the old uh, handkerchief that like Agassi would wear on his bald head. Oh yeah, or she wear a wig. He could, like Agassi did too. Yeah, that would be pretty wild. That'd be sweet, like a mullet or something. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the perfect thing. Just straight up the Agassi mullet. That's so funny. I, I just remember watching too. Rafa this French and thinking. He's losing his hair. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think that every time I see him, though, now yeah. on TV, I'm like, oh, man. God, I forget how young. I mean, he was so young, though. I mean, I remember him winning the French, and he was. But it's such a weird. Uh, I, mean, I don't want to spend too much time on him. Rafa Balding. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the things we could talk about in the French. We're like, we have so much to talk about. This is French breaking show. news. Rafa Nadal is <laughs> losing his hair. <laughs> but yeah, I just will say it's, it's strange. It's like on the top. Yeah, it is it's very not, strange. Mine's like going backwards i'm like receding um but anyway yeah i mean i don't know you you said you didn't really get a chance to watch the match 
between Djokovic and Nadal. I caught I got a little bit of it, but not very much. Oh yeah, much that's of it. right. You watched a little yeah. bit of it at the bar. It was mine was mostly were, that uh, four to set. Doing great last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The bar. <laughs> that's why this podcast is taking place very late in the day. <laughs> Took a little time to uh, you know, resurrect myself. Hey, it's okay. That was me last week when we did three episodes. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're just doing one this time. Oh, we're, it's all good. We're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> now we are. Yeah, for we, sure. I was not at about 8 a.m. this morning when I felt like a semi <laughs> had run me over. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, if anyone has saw what happened to Seth last night, please uh, email us at... Oh, yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah, email so, us at live, uh, live ball tenant, live What is it? Liveballpodcast at gmail.com we do have a gmail set up we yeah, probably I'm, should have said at the top of the show oh, that's right yeah the email yeah we can edit it in um, it's okay that's right kids uh, if this if there's a public service announcement it's don't drink and drive <laughs> certainly he wasn't driving he wasn't driving. i was not driving <laughs> but also don't drink and drive electric scooters there you go because right. that is not safer yeah <laughs> seth was not drinking and driving just to clarify i was not but i did drink and drive an electric scooter home right and crashed into something i don't remember yeah. what and woke up with a busted lip yeah. and dried blood all over hmm. so you know one of yeah. my prouder moments of the but you did catch year. some of the djokovic nadal <laughs> match but while I you did. were in the process of, i see of, i was already celebrating uh djokovic's win at the bar <laughs> and uh <laughs> no. you're like serbia <laughs> it's right serbia it was really strange though because when they got out of their match i just stood up and started singing i'm proud to be an american <laughs> <laughs> and nobody got it so <laughs> um but like no some serbian guys like oh yeah no seriously though. No, i was actually yeah. frankly i was surprised they had it on in the bar it's hard to find bars that play tennis matches because it's not usually that crowd yeah right i mean they used true they'd rather watch something else but yeah it wasn't even on um i think it was on tennis channel last night too it wasn't even on like nbc or anything so they really had to dig deep into that i know channel subscriptions and of course i was the only person in the entire bar that was watching the match were you watching it though well not really between (laughs) shots i was between them hitting shots and me taking shots it was yeah (laughs) (laughs) well my lame ass watched it last night so (laughs) I mean, I was at work when it was actually going on, but I did manage to catch the third set, um, which it was a wild third set. I'm not gonna lie. I I don't remember seeing a third like a set like that of tennis in a long time. Yeah. Um, neither one wanted to lose any of the the points. Obviously, I mean, they they never do. But the rallies there, you know how um, we'll play like a rally of like. 10 shots and afterwards you'll be like or one of us will be like man that wasn't even worth it because i'm gonna lose like the next 15 points because i'm so tired that's usually me saying that sure (laughs) like i can't breathe right um they had those rallies like every point yeah basically throughout that set um which goes to show you obviously how physically strong they are but i think i think again going back to the mental theme that that shows how freaking mentally tough these guys are because you have to have the mentality that you believe in yourself that you are fit enough to win those points to get there right you 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 have to tell yourself like i've put in the work at the gym i can do this this is what i've trained for right i mean Djokovic is so unbelievable in his ability to first off he's obviously a physical specimen but it's it's so funny though he is huh he's gumby he is and that's what's so interesting about him though like he is physical for tennis right i mean if you walked down the street and walked past novak djokovic you would not necessarily assume he's a professional athlete yeah you know he's not like i saw him at cincy pretty close last year actually yeah uh, or two years ago sorry is he tall he's not i mean he's like six foot like but he's he's not physically imposing no he's by not any means no like where rafa i mean he he's bulky i mean he's a, sure he's, he's a pretty muscular pretty guy ripped, yeah. yeah i mean fetter is the same way he's not he's not necessarily you know a, a bodybuilder by any yeah. stretch of the imagination but what makes Djokovic so unbelievable like you said is his flexibility yeah i mean and then that's why clay works so well for him and and well and rafa's the same way right but yeah 
I was more surprised they didn't go to a fifth set. Um, and he dominated that fourth set. Djokovic did. Yeah, I mean, six two. That, th- that third set though, that w- it was obvious whoever won that set was going to win the rest of the match, yeah. and it just so happened that since Djokovic won it, and he was already up two sets, right, uh, or one set. So, um, no, it was incredible. But um, again, I think I touched on this before, but it's going to be a very, very, very sad day for the ATP when when those three leave because. The Tsitsipas Zverev match was was good. Yeah. Right. It was a five set match. Tsitsipas right. winning the first two. Um, I had watched the fourth and fifth set of that match. Again, I work during the day, so I can't <laughs> watch it during the day. Um, so, and and again, it's good tennis. Right. It's good. It is good tennis. It's, it's fun to watch. They have good points once in a while. Right. But then you watch the the Nadal Djokovic one, and you're it's like, another level. it's a it's a different sport. Like, you're just like, you know. And what's so fascinating about that is, as I try to explain to non tennis players too, what is remarkable about tennis, which I think probably separates it from most professional sports, is the level of play, even at the professional level. There yeah. is a different level with within the top ten, right? Your top three guys are better than the rest of your top ten. Your top 10 guys are usually dramatically better than your top 50s, right? 49 in the world and number nine in the world, there's usually some distance there, ability-wise, on the men's side. 100%. Um, And it's just remarkable how still Novak and Rafa are on another level from even the other guys in the discussion. Mm -hmm. They are just better. I mean, it's just as strange as that is. You know? it, it really, just every tournament, every Grand Slam, you just appreciate it more and more, I think. You do, I mean, people forget. I mean, even when Andy Murray was the discussion, Roger, Rafa, and Novak were always on a different level than Andy mm-hmm. Murray. He was always number four. I mean, he's number four in the world, mm-hmm. and he still he still was yeah. not in the discussion as the top three. Right. It's just different that well, way. Well, it was for a brief moment, the, the big four. Right, right, because he had won Wimbledon. I think he won, he won the three gold. Did he win the? He, he won, won the, the gold twice. Yeah, won yeah. the gold twice. Um, won Wimbledon, won the U.S. Open. Uh, I think he won Wimbledon twice. Yeah, I think right? you're right. So he won Wimbledon twice, U.S. Open, which w- was his first one. But the, I think when people stopped referring to the Big Four was when Stan Wawrinka won three as well. Right. Yeah, <laughs> true. Which. True. In my mind, is hilarious that, that is Stan Wawrinka is a three-time Grand Slam. You champion. don't think of him that way. Late in his career, I mean, not late, but like in his late twenties, early thirties, decides to win uh, three Grand Slams on three different surfaces. And yeah, you don't think of Stan Wawrinka beats Rodriguez Djokovic that way. in two of them, I think. Um, what? Well, and just as a footnote to this podcast, I hated Andy Murray. I don't think it has nothing to do with it. I hated what Andy you hate Murray. about him? His style of play. Okay. Boring as hell. Yeah. I knew he a was, lot of players who tried to play like him. It wasn't me. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Or was it, was it me? Are you, no, was, it wasn't oh, I thought you, you, no. you insinuated. Oh, no, you play, like, you play like Seth Arthur. <laughs> Which nobody wants to, I promise you. <laughs> um, no, you remind me of Aslan Karatsev. <laughs> That's what you remind me of. <laughs> well, I, I, just, I just hated. He was a whiner. Oh, my God. He was, you know, he was the typical, like, was always injured, but not actually injured. Um, I yeah. even found his voice annoying. I mean, I do not like Andy Murray. Andy Murray. Yeah, I mean, he was just like, You I just don't, don't like Scottish people. That's your problem. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with that. I just don't like him. Yeah. And I'll whatever. Admit, I, I agree with you when he was playing. I was kind of annoyed by him, but, but, um, Remember when he lost to Federer in like the Wimbledon finals and he was like crying and stuff? I think that's kind of, that kind of turned the tide for me a little bit on him. That makes me hate him even more. Really? I, well, well, you are mean. I, well, you know, just when it comes to Andy Murray, I don't like You're him. You're like, yes, cry more. I'm like, don't, I'm like, what are you crying about, Andy Murray? You know, <laughs> it's true. like, whatever. Did no. you watch his documentary on uh, Amazon Prime? No, I probably it's saw It's actually that. pretty interesting. Was the conclusion of the documentary that he's an awful person? Uh, I mean, then not you, interested. I mean, you might have that takeaway, but <laughs> well, actually, it was just about his just about his life. It was about his rehab, um, oh. and him trying to like make it back on tour and okay. stuff like that. So, 
um i would i would give it a watch just because i mean it's a tennis documentary and but you don't feel bad for the guy because you get to see his house and his house is right it's bonkers i'm sure it is <laughs> it's so crazy come on and he used it's to always do that he used to drive me nutty, crazy yeah um he's doing just fine yeah. don't worry he's 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 back on tour isn't he he's trying to yeah he's he's really trying but i don't think his hips really helping him out that much i think he's gonna go make a run at he's gonna try and play wimbledon okay um but we'll see how that goes i mean he's got two hips hip replacements now at this point two 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 <laughs> two you know and he's like 32 or 33 yeah. or something like that we just don't need Andy murray anymore <laughs> We just don't. It's just not necessary. I I, you know? I agree. I don't like his. I wasn't a fan of his style of play, but I um I think I've grown to like him more as a person, uh, off the court now. Really? Yeah, because he he really I think has a very like straightforward attitude. He has kind of a funny sense of humor. Where Does he's, he like, really? Very, he's very like blunt, and okay. he like just doesn't really hold back. And because I was gonna say I didn't think he had any personality. Really. Watch some of his press. Watch that documentary. Honestly, okay. you'll, you'll. I think you'll have a little bit of a different opinion. All on right, Andy, Andy right. Murray. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it's yeah. on Amazon Prime. I didn't mean for us to go down this rabbit hole. That was a lot to talk about. Well, Andy Murray. I was like, I know. Fifteen I just, minutes. About whenever it. I hear his name, I just you know feel the need to tell everybody I hate him. So. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. There's not a lot of opportunities where you can talk and people don't. And I don't hate you. a lot of tennis players. I mean, yeah. And I probably irrationally hate him, but I do hate him. So, hmm. anyways. Yeah. Well, speaking of hating tennis players, I guess that, that might be a little bit of a transition into, um, I think, the maybe the last topic we want to talk about. And still French Open relevant, but I think it kind of opens up a bigger discussion. Um, we had a couple of retirements, the, the oh, yeah. this French Open, which were very interesting controversial in my opinion um i texted you right away when yeah. this happened and i was like we are talking about this yeah. on the next yeah. one because i'm not happy about this it's a good topic um but uh again Djokovic playing a young italian um i forget his first name but musetti who i i think he, he's gonna be a, a top 20 player probably in the next year so yeah. he's he's good period like he's right. a good player um, he's young. He's ni- 19, I think, still. Um, great one-handed backhand, which, again, we don't see that often. And uh, Even though I don't have a one-handed backhand, I've always wanted one. Mm. I thought they looked cool as hell. Um, see, but, I'm going to disagree with you on this, too. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm a huge Federer fan, you so I think Fed- that's, that's I like kind of too, the thing. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, so, you know, I, I literally thought about switching to a one-hander after college. I'm like, I, I don't care anymore. Well, at that point, look yeah, cool now. You should do it. Why not? But um, but then, you know, you see the, the giant right hand and the tiny left hand, and everyone just thinks <laughs> something. What do they think? If they, don't, <laughs> if they don't know you're playing tennis, they think something else. I'll, t- I'll put it that way. <laughs> like you play a lot of Frisbee golf? Yeah, or, uh, okay. exactly. That's what, I, that's what I thought you were getting at. Yeah, right. yeah. Just checking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll keep a PC for the Allegan tennis team. That's Shout right. out to Allegan. Tennis. <laughs> go to bed kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah go to bed this is the midnight hour now. um but yeah so uh he's a good player i think he and again i don't think this is necessarily a situation where we have to dogpile on him or anything but but it did it did kind of spark a kind of a thing but leo musetti plays novak Djokovic. i think it was around a 16 match Lito Musetti takes the first two sets in the tough, tough two tie breaks against yeah. Djokovic on clay. Right. No, uh, no small task, I would no. say. No. Very, very difficult. And then um, proceeds to lose the next sets. I think it was 6-1 and then 6-0. And then it was 4-0. And then he retired. Which, when I saw that, I was like, he must have collapsed on the court he must have like had some sort of he must have broken his leg or something because i wasn't i didn't watch the match again i work um (laughs) (laughs) um but i saw the result and i was like he must have broken his like leg or something to 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 retire at that point in the match right um and then in the press conference 
again, something might have gotten lost in translation. English isn't his first language, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. I really hope this isn't the case. But he basically said that um, he retired because not because he had some cr- he did he said he had some cramps, he had some lower back pain. But he said that he felt like he wasn't winning any more points, so that's when he decided to retire. And um, again, you know, very, 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 very possible that something could have gotten lost in translation there. But if that's the case, I don't know about that, man. That's that's not good at all. That's that's really bad because you see that. I don't know about you, but I've seen that a few times in junior tennis where someone retires right at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, the, the reason why people do that is because they want people to know that they didn't lose because the other person beat them. They lost because they're hurt. Right. Right. And I don't, I don't think that was necessarily the case in, in this match. I mean, the, the guy made it, you know, five sets against Djokovic. But, right. Um, but it irked me. I don't know why. I, I'll tell you, it. from my perspective... If you're going to retire from the match, what that better mean is that you physically cannot play any more points, right. that you are in so much pain or you think you're going to do so much injury to yourself that playing further points will will hamper your career. Right. I think it's bullshit otherwise. Right. I mean, I really do. I, used to, like I, said, I remember in juniors, even as a tournament director, it would annoy me. Oh, I love it as a tournament director. Well, that's true, because they get out of your hair. All right, good. Next match on. (laughs) But I used used to sit there and think, I mean, you know, we all knew those kids that if they lost first round, would realize they're not going to get their points out of the tournament and would just leave and not play the backdrop. I used to find that so shitty. Yeah. Like, play the the matches. I mean, you you participated in the tournament. and But anyways. Well, and I mean, the... Um, yeah, go ahead. Never mind. Sorry. No, I mean, all <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that, that's my only thought is that, you know, there is no excuse other than I'm so injured that I can't play another point. I don't care. Right. I mean, and at that, and like I said, I've, you know, we had talked a little bit beforehand. I have been so injured that I shouldn't have kept playing and I keep playing because it just felt so gross to retire because you don't give the guy the win he deserves either. And that's crappy. And I'm, not, and I'm no. not saying that's why he did it or didn't do it. I'm not saying that no, at all. No, no. But I am saying I have been in situations where I was very hurt in the match, and I probably was down like 4 or 5-0 in that last set, and I played those last four points because – You just stand there. You just do. Fine. I mean, yeah. that guy deserves the W. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to have a retired next to the name. I mean, that's just crappy. I distinctly remember in high school tennis, I, I wasn't there. Um, nor that I, I don't think I read anything about this match, but I, it was like the D, D2 or D1 state finals in, in uh, three singles or something like that. And I distinctly remember seeing like a 6-4-4-6-5-0 RET, yeah. you know, retired. And I was yeah. like, oh, that guy couldn't stand there for one game. I know. Even at that point, if it's 5-0... Even if your both your legs are fractured and going the yeah. other way, you know what? Just just let them let them just serve it out, you know. Or yeah, let I him guess win if the you're match. serving, just pancake it in and let yeah. them crush them, you know. So. I agree. I mean, like I said, I have seen cases where the person is cramping so badly they can't even stand there. They, I mean, right. I get it. That makes sense. But there's just no other excuse. Then you're so injured that you can't go on. That's the only yeah. excuse to retire, in my right. opinion. That's it. Well, you know, and I'm I'm gonna sound sound like a uh, patting myself on the back here and whatnot, but like I I distinctly remember being in that position where I was cramping like crazy. It was actually the state finals my junior year. Mm. Um, I was playing East Grand Rapids, our our, our big rival. Yeah, and uh, I the the match before I had played. And in high school tennis, you play a lot of matches, as some of you might know, um, yeah. in, in the same day, so you don't get a lot of rest. So the semifinal match was the same day as the finals match, um, and my semifinal went three three hours long against uh, Country Day. Mm. And I won that match, and I, and I think they gave me like a half-hour break before the finals. Um, so I went into the finals. I was like, okay, I'll, I'm fine. I can stand, you know. And I uh, I played the first set, lost the first set, but then I was up 
uh, 3-0, I think, in the second set. And then I remember serving, and my leg just buckled underneath me. Yeah. And just, it, I couldn't stand. Yeah. Like, I, I, my legs were just, like, locked up on me. I couldn't move. And I took a medical timeout. Um, some trainer came and, you know, gave me a massage or whatever. I was eating a banana, and obviously I'm bawling because it's the state finals and yeah. all this stuff like that. And, um, you know, I can't move. But you know what? I I literally locked leg, just stood there, and took took my beating, and I lost 6-3. I didn't win yeah. another game. Yeah. Um, and... I remember my opponent. Um, he he did thank me at the end. Oh, did he? Yeah, he he he. You know, uh, was very appreciative. I think because yeah. it was his first state final as well, and I'm sure he would have not have looked at fondly back at it. Had you retired? Had I retired, or had he looks back at the sc- looks back at the score and sees an ret there yeah. instead of you know right. a seven five six three or whatever right. it was. Yeah, you know so. He was appreciative of that, and I, I've, I always remember that because I knew if I was on the other side of that, I would have wanted the same thing, you know. Right. Um, and I was like, well, I can stand at least, and I can swing at the ball, but you know, the rest of the stuff wasn't good. Well, and to transition slightly, that was not the only retirement that was somewhat controversial at the French. Yeah. Um, Again, I said I was a big Federer fan, but and I am we have too. to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, and I am too. I mean, I'm a Fed guy through and through. Yeah. How, how can't you be? But I will say um, this was probably something that made some people at least raise their eyebrow. Yeah. I'm going to admit I was not happy about yeah. it. Yeah. I thought it was kind of a crappy move. So this is after he wins his third round match, which I think was a long one, right? With five a, sets. It was a tough Four setter. Four setter. I think three of the sets went to tie breaks and the other set went some five. So, um, real tight uh, four sets against a guy, Dominic Kepfer, who I think he's ranked somewhere, you know, in the between the 50s and the 100s range. Yeah. So, um, that, that win would have done a lot for his career, I right. think. Um, but Federer decides that, um, that, match did enough bo- damage to him to where he didn't want to take on the next the the round of 16 match I think which would have been against Matteo Berrettini um and yeah it, it was it was a little I don't at the end of the day like I don't blame Federer and again Federer can do whatever he wants because yeah. he's freaking Roger Federer he's kind of god right? he can do whatever he wants and I also understand it from the perspective that it's Federer because he loves, he cares about winning so much still at this age that he doesn't even want to step on the court unless he thinks he can win the match, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, I think what he did was a little disrespectful to Dominic Kepfer. Oh, I think so for sure. I'll tell you from, from my vantage point, it really does matter when he came to the conclusion that he was hurting himself more than he could stand, right? If if they're in that fourth set and he's thinking in the back of his head, this is not good, this is mm-hmm. hurting me, this is hurting my body, I that's when he should retire. Right. Right. He should actually retire the match. It's the different it's the different side of it. It's the different perspective. He should retire that match knowing he's not going to continue to play after that match. Now, in his defense, if he comes to that conclusion after the match, then I'm less mad about it because the match is over and he decides not to keep playing because the recovery is too difficult or whatever. Do we know when he came to the conclusion? I, I mean, mean, does I he was, say that? I think it was the day after. Okay. And so, again, you know, he's he's almost, I think he's going to turn 40 this year. So his body's obviously not what it, he's gone through two knee surgeries yeah, knee in the past year. Um, I know he's had back issues before. But um, I think the the thing that kind of frustrates me a little bit the most is that 
um, you know, this, that I think he, he said his rationale was to prepare for the grass court season. Yeah. And I'm like, well, all right, if you didn't want to play the clay court season, if you don't care that much about the clay court season. Don't play it. Don't play the clay court season. There was a 250 event this week that, like, Shapovalov is, like, the one seed in yeah. that you could have played. That could have been your tune-up, you know? But instead, poor Dominic Kepfer, who could have won $100,000 more, which would have done wonders for his career. Yeah, that's what people forget. It's the it's money, money that that guy would have gotten. He would have won 100000 or I mean, euro, whatever. Right. But, um, so it's not like real money. But should, slam, should slams have a rule? They should have a lucky loop. I think that's another I discussion. was just going to say that. Should they allow that? Yes. I think 100%. they should, too. I think they should, too. It's dumb that... Berrettini didn't have to play. I mean, I'm sure Berrettini was fine with it, but like, yeah, I think it's it's unfair. It was unfair to Djokovic too because he had to play Berrettini, who had been sitting there for more four fresh. days, more yep. fresh. Yeah. Um. And and especially because Djokovic played a five setter there, right? It's unfair to Djokovic. It's unfair to Kepfer. Right. It's unfair to the fans who the fans show up there. La- they get they, one last match. They get one last match than they paid for. Yeah. Um. So. You know, it it just it's not a good look all all around. And at the end of the day, what I think is the simplest solution is that for that next match, Kepfer and Federer just split the prize money and points. Yeah. You know, like yeah. okay, Federer retires, but you get fifty percent of what you would have gotten. Right. That goes to Kepfer, fifty percent of the points that goes to Kepfer, and then Kepfer whatever he wins after that, if he wins like the next round and makes it to like the quarters or the semis, like he gets to keep those points, you know? Well, so he you gets know, like half the point, whatever. So I don't think it's that complicated of a solution. Well, and I think the reason it got as much attention as it did, and I, I would suggest the reason that we're even talking about it is because Roger Federer has always been Mr. Right. Yeah. Always does the right thing. He's the quintessential tennis ambassador he is polished. He's just always, he's just a do right kind of person. And I mean, how many times can you think off the top of your head, you've seen Roger Federer in a controversy on the court or off the court? Right. You can't. I mean, definitely not off the court. I mean, on the court, there's he's had a couple, he's had a couple yeah. racket breaks and, but certainly rare. A few balls, that's but... not his memo though. No, no, no. Um, and so that's why I like to say I'd give him the benefit of the doubt, right? I would like to think that he didn't do this um, having known mid-match right. that this was going to be the conclusion. I'd like right. to think that he came to that later on when it was too late to go back. But if he didn't, that really would disappoint me. Because like you said, that $100,000 changes that guy's life. You know, mm-hmm. $100,000 to Roger Federer means nothing. It's like, yeah. It's it's garbage money. Man. It is. I mean, like, that's, well, I guess I'll you know buy right. dinner tonight with that. You know, <laughs> Whatever, how? But. What was his ranking? Kepfer? Yeah, I can take a look. But I mean, the guys guy's been doing okay. Yeah, like I remember he. Um, but I mean, he could have gotten to a round of sixteen. Well, at a grand slam, that would have been his best result. And I'm not saying that it was likely, but let's not forget, an unseated player won the women's draw. Right. So who knows wow. how deep this guy could I mean, have gone? I know uh, he would have ran into. Right. <laughs> it is different. I I do appreciate that. I mean, he yeah. would run into Djokovic, so I do get that. But uh, um, you know, he's fifty nine in the world, right. so he's doing okay. Um, but still, I mean, points wise, that yeah. would have probably gotten him into the top fifty. Right. That that gets him into Masters tournaments right. without having to play any qualifiers or anything right. like that. So. Right. Um, you know that's a big deal. It is. Do we do we know? Did he give comments after the match about it? Well, no, because I don't think he would. We would have known no, at that point, right? No, because Roger came I mean, to that I'm conclusion sure later was, on down the road. I'm sure he wasn't happy. I'm sure. And everyone, everyone who was asked about it, everyone kind of gave gave the same generic answer where they were just kind of like, "Oh, um, you know, I don't know how Roger's feeling. You know, I, that's fine." Which is totally understandable and okay. Um, I mean, I even hesitate to say anything bad about Roger. And not that I am. I'm just saying that, like, I just, I, I think, again, the, the Grand Slams and ATP might need to re- revisit, you know, 
kind of their policy on this stuff. And I, yeah, I think it's just a little disappointing to see Federer maybe do something that finally, after 20 years of having a career of doing something where we're like, I don't know if that was the best call, man. I think the only logical thing we can do, especially as a way to not um, talk bad about Roger, is just to blame it on Andy Murray. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Because if Andy... Um, if Andy wasn't born, then no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. If Andy Murray had played in the tournament, then... We know. would all be focused on how much we hate right. him. Yeah. And we wouldn't have to talk about yeah. things that Federer would have been like, done. oh, Federer, whatever Federer is doing isn't that bad. Andy Murray, if you're listening to this, I just want to <laughs> say, I, I really do not like you. Um, but we should have coffee sometime and maybe yeah. you can convince me otherwise. Do you want to come on to the podcast? <laughs> yeah, Andy, we have a seat right here for you if you want to come, come with the podcast. Yeah, we'll figure out an extra microphone or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That'd be cool if we got Andy Murray on here, though. I'm sure he'd be like, I'd probably be the biggest Andy Murray fan ever. Yeah, you'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> Andy's here. Uh, <laughs> We'd like, uh, what's Bad it called? Bad Co- of Andy. Code, code talking. Yes. Have you heard of that? I have, yeah. Where it's like you imitate um, the person that you're with. So if Andy Murray has like a Scottish accent, we would kind of start speaking a little bit Scottish accents <laughs> too around him. He probably wouldn't, He probably, yeah, he probably wouldn't even know what I was doing. He'd be like, why are you talking that He's way? Like, why are you talking like that? You don't. Oh, Andy. <laughs> oh, Andy. <clears throat> but yeah. anyways. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we talked a little bit about retirements. I, I mean, I retired once in my life. I sprained my ankle. Mm. Do you remember I, I sprained my wrist one time and I didn't retire. Remember when I did that with that mixed doubles match? You did. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. yeah I do remember that. I was that. so mad. I do. I had uh, messed up wrist too my senior year of college. And yeah. my last match I played ever, I could barely serve the ball. I mean, yeah. it was, but I told my coach, I was like, you're not going to take away my last match. I'm going to play my last match. Right. And lost to a kid that I was way better than and I could barely hit the ball. And it was... Mm-hmm disgusting and, and it was not fun but right i was not gonna retire well I mean, you had was... mentioned also i think uh when we initially brought this up was agassi's last match of right. his career because right. the the match before he went late into the night marcus Bagdadis. marcus Bagdadis match and he, cramping and yeah um, both players could both. Be, I, I think i remember um reading in agassi's book him talking about how they were both side by side, like Agassi and Bactatis. Like in the, the training room. Both in the training room. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Like, just completely. Um, and, uh, and you know, I, I guess this is kind of a side topic and maybe something we can talk a little bit about more in another podcast. But, like, as a side note, especially after watching that, that Nadal Djokovic thing is. is reaffirms my my personal belief that tennis players on the professional level for sure are some of the greatest athletes in the world yeah like you can't deny the fact that someone has to play a four and a half hour five hour match uh constantly doing sprints and tight movements and and all over the place for for that kind of repetitive long um time Oh my gosh! Like it's well, so exhausting. Let's not forget basketball guys, football guys, and um, uh, soccer. It's a time limit. Yeah. Right. I mean. Right. Right. You have these. I mean, what well, the the notorious Nicholas Mahu and John Isner match yeah, at Wimbledon I mean, that, that was, was like sixty eight seventy or something. Right. Let's hope we never have to see yeah. one of those ever again. But I mean, they are they are definitely. <clears throat> af- I mean, they're. They're in, I mean, it's it, an endurance you compare, sport. You compare it to the other sports, and it's like w- with hockey, playing more than 20 minutes as a forward is that's a lot. Yeah. You know, playing more than 35 minutes as a basketball player is, as a basketball player is a lot. I think I read a statistic in the NFL that in terms of total like game time, like time when actual plays are going out of the whole four quarters and the four and a half hours that you watch a football game, it's like 15 minutes. Right. Because it's all just like little tiny. And a lot of those guys are either on the defense or offense. Right. 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 Just sit on the sidelines. Now, now granted, tennis, you don't get checked. You don't get hit every single play. Yeah. It's not as physically imposing. Right. But you're the cardio that goes into it, the flexibility, the durability, the 
power, the strength, the long-lasting kind of muscle, the, the long-term muscle endurance that you yeah. have to have right. to be a, a professional tennis player is certainly incredible. It is. Um, and that's, you know, it, it's just rough. And, and so sometimes, you know, even with those long five, five set matches, like you just feel bad for the guys yeah. too sometimes you cause, but, um, I mean, and we'll see how Djokovic bounces back tomorrow. Like I said, I think he'll be fine cause he's Djokovic. He'll be fine. Um, I have no doubt about it. And also I didn't mention this, but the reason why I think it's going to be a three zero blowout was because Tsitsipas cried after his semifinal win which is great Tsitsipas can cry and he's he's I'm very happy that he made the final but I've noticed that usually anytime someone celebrates and cries in the semifinals when they go into the finals they feel like they've already won uh they don't have the mindset that that I'm not done yet you know they feel like they've already made it well in a lot of people's opinions especially when Djokovic and Nadal meet in the semis that the semis was the final. Right? Sure. That's what people always think. Right. Um, so that'll be an interesting dynamic. It will see, be an interesting see, dynamic. See whether Djokovic has enough gas yeah. to, to, to take out Tsitsipas or um, if Tsitsipas has the mental fortitude to go ahead and take this. You, you want to know how good Djokovic is, though? Djokovic is so good that I never know what game plan somebody has going in against Novak. Right. Other than just win every point. Right. I mean, right, there's no, he has no weakness. It's not like, oh, well, here's the, here's the clear way to beat Novak Djokovic. You hit every high ball to his backhand. I mean, he has nothing like that. He is amazing at I mean, at everything. this point, he's kind of that player where it's like he has to play bad. He has for to. You to for, for you to beat him. That's, right? That is 100% right. He is at a level in which the only way he loses the match yeah. is if he does not play like Novak Djokovic. I didn't watch any of that Musetti match, but I, from what I understand, that those, the first two sets Musetti um, was quote unquote like fearless in it, so he just hit lines. And I was, think you have to. I think you yeah, go out there and yeah. slap the ball and hit for the lines because I don't think you beat Novak Djokovic any other way. Oh, 100%. You just have to outplay. That's how him. you. That's how you beat any of those those, All those big, guys. Big three. Yeah, I would say. Um, I mean, I just think it's funny, we'll right? See. I mean, what do you think? What do you think his coach is telling him going into that match tomorrow? Tissa like, passes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's just very motivational and. You know, yeah. we don't change our game plan, and here's how we play, and all that. I get that, but I'm sure in that coach's mind, there can't be that much strategic talk. Well, I mean, Tsitsipas has beaten Djokovic before on hard court, two out of three sets, right? So, I mean, I think he'd beaten him. He's beaten him on clay, maybe. Um, but Tsitsipas, let's not forget, he's. I think he's had like the best seat overall season out of any player yeah. right now. Like, he did really well at the Australian Open. He beat Rafa at the Australian when he was down two sets to, to right. nothing. Um, granted, again, it's not Nadal's favorite tournament to play, but... Well, like it's true for everybody, he's going to have to serve like crazy. He's going to have to serve He's going to well. have to serve very well. Serve and really well. I mean, um, really, though. And, you know, just... I don't know, just stay in the match. Yeah. Like, that's the big thing. Is And, that, I mean, that goes to serving... Hold your serve, stay in the match, give yourselves opportun- give yourself opportunities, and when you see them, you have to execute on you them. You have and, to. And if you don't, then you're going to be in trouble. You, you know, you're not going to win. No. So, no. I don't know. Best of luck to Stefanos tomorrow. But, yeah, I think we're, we're about uh, good on time here. We're just over the 60-minute mark. Unless right. you have something else cool to talk about. I, I don't. For next time, I guess. Yeah, I think next time we'll, we probably can just – Start talking about Wimbledon and stuff too. Yeah, um, I mean it's not that far away. It isn't. It's like two weeks away, right? No. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean it'll it'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll we'll have something fun to talk about. But um, yeah, no, I mean as much as the French Open, I don't think is my favorite tournament, but it's still Grand Slam. It's got some cool stuff that always happens. It's always you know these two weeks of the Grand Slams, always so much stuff mm-hmm. happens because tennis is in the limelight of the sports world i think for it's certainly the most physical slam it's very physical yeah 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 we'll see um but yeah thanks for listening again guys um we've we've noticed that several people have taken a listen and downloaded and uh again 
Um, maybe I'll put this at the beginning of the podcast. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But we do have a uh, Instagram account, Liveball Podcast. Um, feel free to follow and like and comment on when we release new episodes. And we do have a Gmail account, liveballpodcast at gmail.com. So feel free to send us questions, send us videos, send us topics, send us comments, um, hate mail, um, Andy Murray memes, you know, whatever you got. Just yeah, don't email me Andy Murray because I don't have any interest. <laughs> yeah, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, share, share the podcast with your friends too yes, on Facebook, yeah. social media. You know someone that likes tennis and likes to talk tennis, share it with them too if you yeah. do. Or if you just like us, too. I mean, as human beings. We're pretty likable people, I feel like. You are. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people like me. <laughs> pretty sure if we open this up to comments, everyone's going to be like... You're more liked than that. Andy Murray. <laughs> yeah. Get that whiny guy off the table. Oh. All right, guys. Thanks again. Thanks. We'll catch you later.